SASDOC 2017, the conference to turn your SAS up to 11. In this episode of the SAS Revolution Show, Alex Sumer is joined by Jacko van der Kuge, founder of Winning by Design, helping SAS companies design, build, and scale their sales teams for success. Jacko discusses why he thinks SAS is dead. You can find a short write-up of my conversation with Jacko, including all names and links on sasdoc.com forward slash blog. Let's hear more from Jacko. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show. I'm your host, Alex Sumer, and super excited to be joined today by Jacko van der Kuj. Thank you for having me, Alex. Hey, you know, it's a pleasure, Jacko. Um, I think you've got uh, one of the best names in, uh, in, in SaaS, uh, I, I have to say. Uh, right up there, with, uh, we've, we've got a couple at, uh, at SaaStop this year with uh, Benedict de Raphaelis Soissons uh, and uh, yourself. You're competing for the best name. Uh, yeah. I would say. <laughs> if there were more letters in the alphabet, they would find out a way to put them in my name. That's it. That's it. So, so we, 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 we've heard the name, um, but, you know, who, who is the person? You know, who is uh, Jacko van der Kuj? Well, perhaps, you know, like uh, going back to my roots, I'm from a f- small farmer village down in the south of the Netherlands, youngest of eight, uh, you know, first to graduate out of my family and, you know, like uh, very much driven from an engineering perspective and in the culture where, you know, like hard work and, and your name of your family really matter the most. Worked through Philips, uh, you know, like in the Netherlands, as you, as many of you may know. And then, you know, like, uh, went to a startup in the Bay Area late 90, late nineties and worked for a series of startups through two bubbles. Uh, following that, you know, like I've, um, you know, I started my own consulting firm here. Okay. And your consulting firm is called Winning by Design. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about um, what it is, why the name, um, you know, why you, why you started it. Okay. Well, very important for me and for your listeners is to realize that I've, you know, as a v- former VP of sales, uh, working with uh, companies that helped me, I never really got the help that I wanted from the companies the way I wanted it. And I felt that they always were too strategic, too high level, too frou-frou, as they say. I needed, you know, like from the get-go, I needed companies to help me with, with real stuff. You know, don't tell me how to write a comp plan. Help me write the comp plan. Don't tell me how to set up my organization. Help me set up the organization. So as I started winning by design, I actually said, it's like, hey, let's do that from the get-go right. Um, you know, I've built designs over the years. I've kept, uh, you know, piles of notes. And so, you know, like from the get-go, I, I knew how to design companies right from the get-go, started doing that. And before I knew it, you know, we're a successful company. The word design is important to me because I do believe that, you know, like that, you know, that there's, there's proven uh, uh, processes out there. There's proven ways of doing things out there. There's no need to reinvent the wheel all over again every time. And um, so... You've worked with, or Winning by Design has worked with um, some amazing SaaS companies. I mean, you know, I've seen some of the logos and you've, you've told me some of the, the companies that you've worked with. Are you allowed to mention, you know, any of those, those clients and what specifically um, that you've helped them do? Sure. You know, like the, the names vary. I mean, anywhere from, you know, training the sales team at, at, at Prezi, for example, uh, to do enterprise sales. Um, but, you know, the likes of SendGrid, uh, uh, the, uh, which is a known company where we help set up the sales organization, AdRoll, which is a renowned company where we train the, you know, all customer facing roles and how to interact with customers. Um, if you think of a company like TradeShift, where we help, you know, like the enterprise sales team sell, you know, provocatively or challenge based in, in 
we have a SaaS, we have a SaaS touch to it. Mm-hmm. Challenge yourself with a SaaS touch to it. And so, you know, these are some of the customers, but, you know, like you'll see us, you know, throughout Europe with customers like a binder or Showpad, uh, where we all help them make an, you know, one way or another help create an entry, establish foothold in the U.S. And uh, you, d- you didn't mention, um, uh, Abba, I'm, I'm going to help you with a, a small plug here, but you're the author of the blueprint for the, the SaaS sales organization. Um, so a, a three-part uh, sort of question, why did you write that book? You know, who should read it? And, uh, and where's my copy? <laughs> okay, so... Uh... First, why you know why did I read it? Why did I write it? So the reason I wrote it is because most sales book I was reading, you know, after reading two or three chapters, I got the premise of the book. I could turn it away. I maybe peruse through the end, read it. And I'm like, okay, I got it. There's no need for eight chapters or twelve chapters of, of belaboring the point that I that I get. The concept is clear. And what I was missing was, you know, as a former engineer, I wanted a how-to book. I wanted something that says, here's how to do it. And so what I've created was 12 blueprints, stuck them together and, uh, you know, uh, and called it, you know, blueprints for a SaaS sales organization, which essentially is helping every company, big or small, when they start for their, you know, their first SaaS offering, how to set up and think about setting up your, your SaaS sales organization. Uh, and where can, where can our listeners uh, find that? Now, you, you can find them on Amazon or you, uh, you can find them on our website. And the reason why you didn't get one yet is because the humongous size that we've created them in. And so, <laughs> we, you know, why do it small when you can do it big? It's a, essentially a photo-style book, 12-inch by 12-inch. When you open it up, that makes it 12-inch by 24-inch. That is not a book that you can just send per email. Uh, and why is it that big? Because there's a lot of like diagrams in there. Like as an engineer, I diagram things out. Show me the the, the process flow of, of how you deal. Show me how the tools fit together in the tool stack. So all these things were you know properly designed out and put in a book. And that means a lot of graphs and the graphs needed that size. So it's a, a sort of a niche market, SaaS coffee table books, right? Absolutely. It's a SaaS coffee table book. You'll find it in most SaaS companies. They do put it on their coffee table book actually here in the Bay, on the coffee table actually here in the Bay Area. Okay. Well, are those European SaaS founders that have got coffee tables and uh, coffee tables in their offices that need to get a copy of that? Uh, look at Amazon or the Winning by Design uh, website. Um, so um, you, you mentioned sort of earlier or used the word provocation um, earlier. And um, you know, I've seen when, when you write on, on Medium or LinkedIn and when you speak, some of the titles of your blog posts um, or talks can be provocative, uh, like The Art of Making Love, um, you know, for one. Um, and um, this, I, I guess, sort of podcast is perhaps going to have a provocative title because um, you said to me, let's talk about SAS is dead. Right. And, and I, I really hope it's not dead. Otherwise, um, I, I'm in trouble with SaaS stock. But, um, you know, tell me, let, let's talk about this then. Uh, tell us, what, you know, what do you mean by this? And let, let's go into this in some detail. Yeah, no, this, you know, the, the statement here to start off with SaaS is dead. Now, let me explain why. SaaS, you know, is, is, is a product of the 03 and the 08 bubble burst. Post 03, you know, like when, you know, the internet market collapsed, you know, like uh, Salesforce came out as one of one of the SaaS companies and they started really selling to the very small companies, um, you know, four or five employee style companies. Post 08, when the financial bubble burst, their offering had matured and their offering came into a market that that needed 
an absolute OPEX-driven solution. It was a market in the financial industry in a time that I was selling to many of the, the UK banks, whereas with Contiki, we were selling a multi-million dollar solution to the UK banks. That is not post-08. That, that, that funnel collapsed overnight. Instead, we had to change our offering to an OPEX-driven or a SaaS-driven model in where we started charging you know, either per month, per seat, per usage, per video sent, and so on. That you know, OPEX-driven model you know, like that we leveraged, it gave us success in, in 08 and 09 and was the primary driver behind companies like Salesforce becoming successful uh, and many other uh, SaaS companies because their offering had an operational expense nature rather than a capital expense, uh, expense nature. That was the main driver post 08 and 09. Now, in a world like that, that, you know, like worldwide when, when that took place, there's lots of customers who need that. So platforms that went out there, or, you know, such as a Marketo, uh, used email to really start helping uh, sales organizations target volumes of customers. Uh, inbound sales organizations or inside sales organizations started really selling actively to these companies. And that really started to create success of what we nowadays would refer to as SaaS 1.0, a world where volume-driven email, volume-driven phone call with primarily an OPEX versus CAPEX value prop really took great foothold and, and, and it was the reason for the growth of those first-generation SaaS companies. However, that dog won't hunt anymore, as they say here in the U.S. That ship won't sail. That is over. And what I want to say with SaaS is dead is to many enterprise listeners or customers who are running enterprise uh, companies is like, if you start your SaaS offering, your first SaaS offering, and you go with that mindset, then let me tell you, SaaS is dead for you. It's not going to happen. That approach in that kind of market with that value prop is no longer going to work. So, moving on to what is going to work. Um, well, let's look at the, the, the go-to-market sort of models now. Um, I mean, this could be, you know, quite a broad sort of question. Um, but, um, you, you know, w- what is working now? You're working with all of these great, um, you, you know, SaaS companies, TradeShift, SendGrid, Showpad. Um, you know, Showpad is at 20 million ARR and has have done that, you know, in, in, in three years. Um, you know, we don't have to necessarily pick examples, but what 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 is working in uh, in, in today's world? Well, to give an idea, SaaS has gotten gotten significantly more complex, um, and the go to market strategy has gotten more complex. And let me explain to you why. And that, you know, the, let's define that as let's call it SaaS 2.0, just for the, the mm-hmm. sake of, uh, of of progressing from the 1.0, which is that. We're today we're in the 2.0, and in that world. You have your go-to-market strategy is as important as the product that you build. Since the we, you know, like in, in, in the 1.0, you could build a great product and you know, with this volume-based metrics, you know, like you could become successful. In in today's world, you can have an incredibly, you know, uh, a great product, but if you don't have the right go-to-market strategy, uh, you're you know, like you won't be able to get foothold, neither in the US nor in nor in Europe. So that go-to-market strategy is becoming as equal important as, as your product. And the way how you have to define a go-to-market strategy is 
Am I going to go in with a freemium model? Am I using a web sales model? Am I using an inside sales organization where a, a prospecting function such as an SDR hands off a meeting to a, a closing function set a, such as an AE who hands it over to an onboarding function such as a CSM? Am I going with an enterprise uh, 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 organization where I have field of, uh, uh, people in the field or am I going to go with a Fortune 500 or really target account-based approach using account-based marketing? These are all different go-to-market strategies. And here comes the kicker, Alex. You can just pick one and say, oh, I'm going to go after my market. What most people have to learn and have to find out today is that when you sell into the U.S. or where you sell in, global, in a global market, you not just sell, you not just have to rely on one of these. You probably need to operate two or three of these go-to-market models. Your top-line customers may use an account-based marketing approach or may use more of a target account-based approach. Your middle SMB segment may use an SDR, AE, sales pod style driven, you know, like high velocity sales organization. And at the low end, your trials and your, your, your smaller customers, lesser than let's say 50 employees may use a web-based uh, model. All these three need to be managed and, 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 and properly deployed, even if you are just a 50 to 100 person SaaS company. And that, and that takes a lot of effort and skill to do that right. And uh, I think that's a very important um, uh, sort of message there in terms of, you know, not just picking one, um, but, you, you know, having a, a combination of those um, uh, you know, go to market strategies, and and hopefully our listeners, you know, do have a combination of more than one go to market strategy. Um, just an e- example, I was speaking with uh, Amplitude uh, earlier today, who you, you probably know, an analytics uh, 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 company, and uh, I think predominantly their audience is you know enterprise. It's a, a five hundred seats and above. Um, uh, I can't remember some of the names of the customers that they they mention, but then they also have a, a starter plan which is free. You know, so they have a freemium model, and then they probably have this uh, this paid tier, which uh, I'm you know with an ACV north of uh, 100k, I'm I'm sure on that. So um, you know, interesting to see. Whilst they're mainly focused on the enterprise, they do have this freemium model for uh, for the SMB sector. Yeah, that's you know, like that's a, a perfect example. You have a, a freemium model, yet you're selling at a high ACV. And the way you go about the freemium model, maybe you know, should be very different in the way how you're selling your 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 premium model. And so this clearly indicates different go-to-market strategies. Now, when you call on different vertical markets, such as pharmaceutical versus uh, uh, the financial industry, you may need to even adjust that slightly on the industry because you know the buyer may act differently. And that is really like like the the, the details is in the detail the the, the the devil is in the details as they say on this particular topic. In the fir- in, in in when I when we say SaaS is dead, I particularly say is like look that approach. We have a great offer. I'm just going to put it online, and we're going to have like a bunch of SDRs writing emails and calling people and and set up meetings. That that is what we mean with dead. That that structure and that approach is dead. What we now have to do is define, design proper go-to-market strategies for your market, uh, design from the get-go in the right way, uh, uh, intended for the buyer to, uh, to understand what your product is, uh, have the conversation at the right spot where they're having it. So you, we've talked about SaaS 2.0 and what people need to do today with their, their go-to-market strategies. Um, I'm not sure if you have a crystal ball, um, but you, you mentioned uh, SaaS 3.0 uh, 
to me, you know, previously on uh, on email. Um, you know, what do you see as this? Is, is this the is this the future of SaaS? Where is it? Where is it going? And do you, do you have a picture of what the go to market model might be like within this this future? Yeah, and you know, like this this. Uh... You know, like if you look at, you know, like how telephone deployed worldwide, you know, like obviously we had landline and then, you know, at, at mobile uh, networks. And, you know, like if you look like a like a continent like Africa, where, you know, we now see obviously they have moved directly to the to the mobile networks. If if you're new in SaaS, you know, like should you go to 1.0? No. Should you go to 2.0? Perhaps, you know, dependent on how far you're out. But, you know, like more interesting is, where, you know, like where should you be a year from now if you're launching a service, enterprise companies that, that are launching a SaaS business? You know, like where should you be when your product comes out in, in 2018, 2019? And it comes down to this. If you see per today that the go-to-market strategies per today are all still extremely focused on the close of an original customer, of the close of the what they call a logo. Win the logo, get the revenue. Um, and building the right you know, go-to-market strategy for that. That go-to-market strategy is changing for many businesses. No longer is the business at the close, but for many customers of ours, they start to realize that the revenue truly is you know, like when the customer starts using and expanding on that service. That means that the focus of the business is shifting to what you would call today customer success. Now, here's where, where the crooks are on this conversation. Most customer success organizations are primarily in, you know, like focus on making the customer happy, not about monetizing the relationship. And most salespeople are very focused on monetizing the relationship and not making the customer happy. And in essence, those two things need to be flipped around in a SaaS 3.0 world. We need to start learning that sales organizations are there to make the customer happy, to help them with the right decision, to assist them during the sales process, and that customer success functions become more money-driven. That's where the cash register is. They need to monetize that relationship with the customer as you both achieve success, you as a vendor to the customer who achieved that success. When those things occur... You cannot have a customer success organization that is just trying to make customers happy. They have to also have a financial uh, accountability in mind. Uh, and that is where the future lies as we move from the close to the upsell, cross-sell uh, uh, point in, 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 the, in the process. Very, very interesting. I think, I mean, I've even seen, well, there, there are some successful SaaS companies in Europe, like um, you probably know Team Leader in uh, in, in Belgium, right, to have a uh, – well, they've been growing. I think they're now 120 people or something like that, um, have a sales team throughout Europe. They don't compensate their sales uh, team. Um, or, you know, there's no – I mean, there's, they do compensate. There's no commission, you know, on the uh, uh, on the new sales. I and mean, what is your thought? Is this, uh, is this something new, revolutionary, or, um, you, you know, just something that works particularly for them? Um, well, yeah, team leader, one of our clients. So, you know, like, you know, like I believe that it is, uh, it needs to be matched to where you are as a product and where your buyers are at. In their case, that's exactly what the buyers are at and they're having great success with it. You know, it's hard to recommend that for all your audience and listeners, but it's definitely, uh, you know, where we see SaaS 3.0 go exactly to that point. Uh, is sales compensation is motivating, uh, the person who signs up the customer, um, by finan you know, the financial metrics, is that the right way? 
Uh, it's, it, you know, would you go to a doctor uh, and, and, you know, like uh, who is f- primarily financially motivated uh, or do you go to a doctor who, who understands and cares for you, right? And I think that, you know, obviously doctors have a financial incentive behind it, but their, their first gut reaction is to take care of you. That is how modern sales organizations will have to operate as well. The first gut reaction is to take care of you, knowing full well that if you take care of them, that you know, monetization will take uh, care of itself. So, so the, the, this model, you, you know, it, so it's important to know, it, 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 in particular, it works for team leader, but it might not work for everybody or probably won't work for everybody, right? And we see, I guess, within SaaS, there are, you, you know, there, there's not one model for all, you know, freemium, you know, may work for type form, um, you know, and, uh, and and Slack to some extent, and you know this product virality. If you've got that, um, but it, it you know it, it doesn't apply to everybody. But so, if perhaps if you uh, apply this, um, uh, you know, uh, no compensation, no uh, commission on your uh, uh, on, on your sales, you could be making a, a, a mistake there. Um, and and I guess kind of talking of you, you know mistakes, you work with you know so many SaaS companies. Surely, when you go in there, you're you're seeing maybe some horrible things, like or maybe just some kind of mistakes where you, you know you're, you're doing palm face. Um, and uh, you, you know, are, are you able to share without kind of like naming names? Of course, um, you, you know what are the like real common mistakes that that you see, uh, at, which are really avoidable um you, you know uh, is it is that something that you can share with us sure i think the number one mistake alex is that people uh do not design their sales if if they would only take as much time as designing their go-to-market strategy as they did designing the product i think a lot of these issues would would not be uh would not be present today most people just sales is an afterthought and, you know, it's like, well, okay, the product is ready. Why don't we hire a few salespeople, uh, get a, a sales VP on board, and, you know, like, you know, they should be able to sell that. And, you know, like in SaaS, that no longer uh, can happen. You've got to design it properly. You've got to calculate it out. You've got to make sure you're running a profitable business and so on. So that's one. Second thing, mistake that most people make is let's hire a VP of sales first, you know, for, the, for you know, like an NC where we get for the early start uh, companies. That is not advisable. We believe that you should hire... Um, somebody who knows the product first that could either be a client uh, but you know use somebody who understands the problem and the solution and teach them how to sell that's where you should start have two or three of these people bigger companies where they have like if you have already you know, a sales team operational the biggest mistake mistake that they make is that they do do not create frameworks around the selling they do not create a proper process either they go very script driven here's what you need to do day in day out or they, it's very random and it, it's like free, free flying, but it needs to be right in between. You know, like it's a professional trade and it needs to be treated as such when you, once you have like five or 10 salespeople, you need to be able to create a repeatable process. And the process we refer to as a framework of the right actions in the right order, not something like ISO 9000 compliance uh, kind of process. Those are like a few of the most common mistakes. Mind you that hiring and the kind of you know people we hire in these modern sales roles often still plays a key role. And, and you know a great practical example there is that if we hire, um, I have a I, I generally give the advice is hire somebody who take notes. Um, it's a very simple yeah you know, like trick uh, that we do during nego- uh, d- during uh, interviewing of the the candidates is you know like we give them like okay here's the five things we want to talk about today. And then if we see that they are not taking notes about that, 
Will they take notes when the customer says, here's the five things I need from you today, or here's the five things I'm looking for? Will they take notes when you know, his or her boss says, hey, here's the five things I need you to get accomplished uh, with this customer today? People need to learn how to take notes because it's a, it's a lost art. So we often say good salespeople take notes. It's not the only differentiating factor, but it's a clear you know, good sign during interviewing that you can you know, right away after this call already apply you know, like the NC. People that take notes in generally are going to be good salespeople because we're looking for problem solvers. And problem solvers like to sketch things out, like to take notes. Sometimes you see them a little doodling, arrow from one point to another, highlight something, circle around it. That's the kind of people uh, that in generally will do well in sales. Um, uh, uh, and some, some advice and counsel I can give uh, at the outcome of this call. That, I mean, that's a, that, that's a great tip there in, in terms of, um, uh, you, you know, sales, sales meetings and, um, you know, uh, better behavior for uh, you know, better outcomes. Now, if you, you talk about, um, well, sales and growth, you know, it's, it's uh, very much sort of intertwined. Um, you know, often you'll do sales-specific se- uh, sessions and, and, you know, blog posts. And uh, oftentimes you'll, you know, talk about growth. Uh, and, um, you know, so just have you, uh, sort of quickly got like, uh, uh you know, a, a best tip for, for growth or just a good tip for growth that, that, um, that would be interesting for us. Yes. Design your growth around profitability. I, and I know it sounds like, you know, like in a, in a venture capital driven world, uh, absolutely. I want you to understand design your growth around profitability. It is an absolute must. Um, and, uh, Yeah. I just like design your growth around profitability. Okay, very cool. So, um, you know, we're coming to the end of the uh, the SaaS Revolution show here um, uh, with our guest Jacko van der Kuj. Uh and um, you know, of course, uh, if, if you've been listening to the show, that you know uh, that uh, pretty much all of our guests will be uh, speaking at uh, at SaaS Seventeen, and there's no uh, exception here. Um, you know, we're super excited to have Jacko join us in uh, in Dublin um, from September the 18th to the uh, the 20th. Uh, and, and and so, Jacko, tell us, you know, what are, what will you be speaking about at SAS Doc 17? Um, you know, and uh, I, I I see that you're also uh, uh, running a workshop as well. Tell us about these sort of two things. You know, um, what, why are they interesting? Yes. The, the topic of my speaking is, you know, to understand the role of sales from a technology perspective. I view sales as a technology and as a technology, it needs innovation. And most sales organizations have quite an, you know, use quite an innovation on the tools they use. But, you know, like with the dozens of tools that have been added over the past years, very little has been added in productivity, so to speak. And I believe that is because the methodology that underlies it, uh, that lies underneath it, that is that needs innovation. It's not the tools. The tools are great, but we need to implement a more innovative approach to sales. And uh, that's what I will be talking about. And that is from the perspective of, of sales being a technology. Second, you know, what we'll do, we're doing a workshop and in that workshop, we'll be, you know, stepping through how to, you know, how to grow your business, not from a, a strategic point of view, not from like, oh, here's some practical uh, tips and tricks, but, you know, like from a real tactical hands-on level. Um, we have d- been doing these workshops over the past uh, years and often, you know, like they're, you know, smaller in size as in fewer people in order to, to drive uh, hands-on engagement. But we want to make sure people out of that workshop 
um, have asked their questions and have, ha- have heard other people ask questions in a very whiteboard-driven uh, way where we literally tackle these topics in an open forum and step through them one at a time. Awesome. Well, I mean, I've uh, had the pleasure of being in one of your workshops and, you know, love the interactivity of it and the energy. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if I had time on, the, uh, on, on that Monday, I'm sure I'd, I'd love to attend that. And, and I think, um, you know, even it's, uh, it, it's around, you, you know, getting from one to, to, to 20 million, you know, ARR, um, which I, I think, you know, pretty much everybody that's uh, attending SASDOC is, uh, uh, is super interested in, uh, you know, trying to hit uh, uh, that milestone. Um, so uh, it, it, it does sound great. Now, and that is, a, that is key there, Alex, because a lot of people think that getting to 1 million is the most complicated, but in today's world with, with tools, it is actually not anymore. You know, like previously getting to one or $2 million was the most complicated, but you know, as many insiders and many of you probably know, it's getting from the one to 2 million to 20 million. That is the, the, the big difference. And when I say one to 2 million, I, I differentiate that based on you know what price you're selling. And obviously, if you're selling a five dollar monthly subscription, one million is more of a target. But if you're selling at a twenty thousand dollar per month subscription, then you should think of you know like of, of higher targets in, to uh, to mark your entry point into the SaaS world. But really, that growth from from let's say two to twenty million, one to twenty million, that growth segment is the one of the most complicated, uh, which I assume that many of your uh, SaaS stock attendees are trying to tackle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, you know, super excited to 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 see that. And uh, and Jacko, you've been a fantastic guest on the uh, on the show today. Really appreciate you taking out the time to uh, to speak with us. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. And uh, uh, and just a, a reminder: those that are interested in learning more about uh, Jacko can go to uh, winningbydesign.com. Is that right? That's right. Or you know, probably best to reach out via my LinkedIn profile. Okay, very cool. All right, so uh, we'll include that within the uh, within the notes as we uh, publish this on uh, on our blog. So, uh, Jacko, uh, wish you the best for uh, today, and see you in September. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you all in September.